This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. This I couldn't let go because it was like kind of like the cherry on the icing on the topping of the cake for me. I'm not looking to go backwards with Heather. I'm just looking to set the record straight. I don't know what the fuck kind of birthday parties Lisa Barlow had growing up, but where I come from, you don't put a cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. That's what you do to ice cream. I know she's not a, a chef, a cook, or a baker, but I do have to say that you don't normally put cherries on top of cakes. At least I don't. What do I know? Maybe some of you out there do, but it just cracked me up. You put a cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. And this whole episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City, which we're going to dive into, was completely insane, and it had things I've never seen on any Housewives franchise uh, in all the times that I've been covering the Housewives. Never have I seen a husband creating a fake account and then admitting to it on camera that he created a Shagsbo's Instagram account. Plus, we got a choir audition. I mean, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening on our show? It's giving, giving, giving. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We are out of Halloween season, moving into my favorite time of year, the holiday season. Mary, did you know? I got the Christmas carols playing. Matt's already yelling at me. I'm doing a whole whole retro reindeer theme in the house this year. Haven't decorated yet, but I'm very excited. Matt says I have to wait until at least around Thanksgiving. But I'm going to miss Halloween. I did have a great Halloween this year because this is our first year giving out candy to trick-or-treaters, which was so exciting. And I thought I bought enough candy, but it turns out I didn't because I put this big bucket of candy together. And when the kids started coming, I said, grab a handful. And at first, the kids were real shy. You know, they were real dainty, like this one little girl just dipped her fingers in and grabbed a little thing of M&M's. And I was like, no, you could grab a whole handful. You know, I wanted to be the cool house in the street where they could have tons of candy. And then this one little shit, I'm sorry to say this, but this one little shit came to the door and I said, grab a handful. And he totally took advantage of me. And he comp- he took like the whole fucking bucket of uh, candy that I had. Just literally, I've never seen a hand that big go into the bucket before. It was like his fingers extended like that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. All of a sudden he had hot dog fingers that were stiff enough to grab all my fucking candy. And so what was I supposed to do? Grab the candy out of his pillowcase that he just stole from me? I mean, I said grab a handful. I didn't say grab the whole bucket. 
but this little shit misunderstood me. So he took the rest. And this was early on in the night. So then I'm running into the cupboard and I'm like looking through our cupboard, finding what we have in case we run out of candy. I'm grabbing fruit snacks. I'm looking, okay, I'm, do, can I give out these sauce packets? Can I give out, what can I give out? I'm just looking through the cupboard of, oh, there's granola bars. Can I give out that Activia yogurt with the granola bar? Is the kids going to like that? I mean, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel because this little shit took all my candy. But luckily we made it through, made it to the end of the night. And we only had to give out a handful of a small handfuls because after that, I stopped saying, grab a handful. I just said, here's your fucking fruit snacks and get out of here. All of a sudden, <laughs> I turned into Clint Eastwood in that movie where he's like, get off my lawn. And I was just yelling at the kids, like, get out of here, take your fruit snacks and get the fuck out. Because, uh, I mean, this little shit took all my candy and I was in this Halloween spirit at the beginning of the trick or treat. And then suddenly this kid took me in candy out of house and home. And then I was like, uh, over the whole holiday anyway. So I'm ready to move into the Thanksgiving Christmas season. I'm very excited about it, but, uh, we got to talk about the real houses of Salt Lake city, because like I said, this episode was insane. It opened with all this old timey footage. Oh, by the way, we're not covering Beverly Hills this week. Obviously our, our long national nightmare is over with the Beverly Hills ladies, but I do have an episode with crystal on the podcast feed that you can go listen to now. So go check that episode out. Crystal's great. And we break down the reunion and she gives me some insight into things that we missed or things that were cut. So check that out on the podcast feed. Uh, But for now, we're going to be covering Salt Lake City on this episode. So we open with this old timey, old fashioned footage, and they're just doing all these editing tricks on this show. And it's the daily world news, Salt Lake City. And we're getting all this, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like black and white footage. And it was like this... uh, what do you call him? Like a news anchor or something. He's like, things are growing icy in Salt Lake. Mystery IG account against Jen Shaw. Wild Rose Rit- Whitney exposed too much and her husband's been fired. It was completely absurd and it transitioned into the taglines. And this was cinema. I felt like I was watching Good Night and Good Luck with George Clooney. Remember that black and white film? It was like, that's the vibe I was getting from Salt Lake City Housewives. And we're not getting that on the other franchises. I can't imagine Beverly Hills or any of the other gals opening with like black and white footage, newspapers and headlines. And all the headlines are completely crazier than the last one. It was like Whitney Wild Rose does nude painting and husband gets fired from job. All fucking nuts. And then as if I'm usually accustomed to when something like this happens, it means we have a flop episode, right? When they do all the editing tricks and they pull out the big guns for the editing, that typically means the episode's a flop. I think of Vanderpump Rules, the classic examples when they had a lizard funeral, right? That was a real low point in the history of Bravo. However, on this show, we transition into the taglines, and then the episode didn't let up, in my opinion. It just was like more and more absurd. We opened with Heather Gay in Ramona Blue, all Ramona Blue. She was wearing a full head-to-toe Ramona Blue with the Ramona Blue purse. And then she meets this guy, Jay, a theater manager, who's also wearing Ramona Blue. Plus, we're in a theater, and I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on? Because Heather Gay is not someone I associate with the theater, She is not someone I think that's going to be on Broadway or something like that. And I wish she was, because I'd go see it. Apparently, she's a singer. She loves singing. She wants to be in the choir. But she's not someone I previously associated with that. So when she's telling me she's going to the theater to meet Jay, I'm like, what are you doing at the theater? She says, I'm so stressed. I decided to form a choir. Girl. And I thought, girl, what are you doing now? (laughs) What the fuck's happening? (laughs) All of a sudden, we're in a choir and I'm watching Sister Act 3 because 
Heather Gay's starting a choir, and this is when I really miss Mary. This is when I really miss our Mary Cosby, because I feel like she could have been doing those auditions with Heather Gay, and it would have been the most amazing scene. Now, I still loved this episode, this scene with the whole choir subplot, but I was missing our Mary. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know this was happening down the street from you? Because I wish she would have showed up and just done some of those auditions or something. But anyway, before we get to the auditions, we see Heather Gay meet with Jay, and this is when she says she's so stressed, she wants to form a choir, and Dre, the business partner, shows up, Corey, this choir director guy, and she does reveal choir is community. And I get my grandma was in the choir growing up in church, and it really was her outlet. It was her hobby. It was all her friends. And I got to say that this whole choir reveal, though, was more shocking to me than Jen Shah pleading guilty in her case for bamboozling the elderly. Like, for some reason, when Jen Shah pled guilty, which was, of course, the guilty plea heard around the world. Remember that day? We all know where we were when Jen Shah decided to plead guilty. And yet, I felt like I was more shocked that Heather Gay was starting a choir than I was when Heather, when Jen Shah decided to plead her guilty plea. I was less shocked about that than I was about this whole choir subplot. And I don't know if I'm just harping on it too much, but I couldn't get over the fact that we're suddenly going to be doing a choir on the Real House of Salt Lake City. And we hear the choir all the time, so I guess they've been prepping us for it, because in between every scene is a transition where we hear the, oh, 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 you know, it's like that choir. I'm not doing it good because I'm not a choir person, but I, <laughs> I have been described as tone deaf. Uh, but we have been prepped for it, I suppose. And then we cut to Jen and Coach Shaw at the trampoline date night. And Jen shows up there. She's like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, where am I? This was to her. It was, I could only imagine her walking into prison because she walked into the trampoline park and acted like she was on uh, Pandora in the Avatar movies or she was in the Middle Earth or something. It was like she went and uh, suddenly saw a new, whole new environment when she saw the trampoline park. I mean, she was looking around wide eyed. She's like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> Like Back to the Future when Marty McFly all of a sudden went back to 85 or he went from 85 to 60s or whatever. What was that movie? Back to the Future. <laughs> you guys, I just read that Matthew Perry book. This is a total aside. Did anyone read the Matthew Perry book? He says this one fact, in it, and this isn't a joke or anything, but he says that him and Michael J. Fox were the only two people to ever have the number one show in America and the number one movie. He says that Michael J. Fox had it when he did Back to the Future and he was on Family Ties. He had the number one show for the week and the number one movie. And then Matthew Perry goes on to say he's the only other person to do that when he did uh, had Friends was the number one show and The Whole Nine Yards was the number one movie. And I just have to point out, because this is bugging me, I was sleeping on this last night. That's not true. And some of the things in the book, and I really enjoyed the book, he's very honest and open about his recovery and his uh, his struggles with substance abuse. And so it's very fascinating. I recommend the read. But this one fact, I was like, I don't think that's true, because I do know that Tim Allen also had the number one movie and number one show in America when he did the Santa Claus. Home Improvement was number one. This was back in 1994. And Tim Allen also had the number one book in the country. It's like this weird fact. So Anyway, I just have to point out, I'm not sure who was editing that Matthew Perry book, and I did enjoy the book, but just because we were speaking about Back to the Future, I have to point out that that wasn't true. And I'm I'm actually thinking there might have been other people, too, so maybe other people can point out to me who other people in history were who had the number one TV show and the number one movie in the country. 
But I did find that fact, I, I believe it to be false. And so just because we're talking about Marty McFly and the DeLorean, I had to point that out here on the Everything Iconic. Anyway, the point is, Jen Shaw walked into this fucking trampoline park. She looked around and she, it was like she went in a brand new world, a brand new fucking world. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, you might be going off to jail or prison. And so you're going to have to get adjusted to new environments because if you can't handle the trampoline park, you can't handle a uh, bouncing up and down in a big ass factory, then you might have trouble heading on into the slammer, into the clink. And so I hope that this was actually a good experience for her. And I hope that I think that Jen, uh, her husband, Coach Shaw, was maybe prepping her in some ways. He thought, okay, I'm going to have to bring her into new environments so that she's not so shell-shocked when she uh, gets into that orange jumpsuit. And so I think this was great. But she's like looking around, what the fuck? She tells Coach Shaw that Shaw Exposed is an account on Instagram that has been commenting poorly about Lisa and Jen online. And it turns out this is Angie H.'s husband, Chris. He started this account. First of all, like, what? We find out late. Uh, you guys, that's so much here. First of all, Jen Shaw says, I know what it's like to be accused of something you didn't do, even though it looks a certain way. And she says that in regards to Chris being accused of this Instagram account, because I think at this point, I don't know if it was confirmed. Later on, the husband confirmed it. And I thought for sure there's no way the husband would confirm this. I thought this was going to be one of those things on Housewives that like happens that we all know is true, but no one's going to admit to it. Like the, all the radar online stuff on Beverly Hills, you know how no one wants to admit that they leak stories or whatever, but we know that it happened, but no one would ever admit it on camera. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen with Angie H's husband, Chris, like surely this happened, but he's never going to admit to it. And then uh, come to find out later, he does admit to it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, she says that. She keeps saying every single episode, Jen Shaw, about how she's not guilty and everyone thinks she's guilty, but she's not guilty. And I'm like, Jen, you got to cool it with that soundbite because <laughs> now we know that you pled guilty. And maybe there's more to it than that that we're going to find out. But as it stands, I feel like every single week and the editors are sure to highlight it with some clunky music. Every time she says, I'm not guilty, they put on that Alex McCord sound effects. <laughs> And they point it out and they highlight it because it's like she says it every fucking week. So then let's see, we see Lisa Barlow and she sits down with Jack, Fudge College Jack, and he's still saying Fudge College because she sits him down and says, the guidance counselor reached out to me. And this kid, Jack, who somebody needs to have a good talking to him because he, this kid, she even knows, Lisa says he's getting it all too easy. And he sits down and says, big entrepreneurs online are saying, don't do college. He's like, fudge college. They're all telling me to fudge college. And this is a national problem because I was just home in Ohio visiting my family. And I sat down with my nephew. He's 12 years old. And there, all these kids are on TikTok. And they're seeing the things on TikTok. And they're seeing these entrepreneurs saying all these tips and stuff. And they got to watch it because they're trying to take their tips from all these men on TikTok. And I'm not sure these men on TikTok should really be giving out tips. Do you get what I mean? Not to the youths, but they're all learning things from these social media things. And social media is a hellscape. Obviously, Twitter is having all these problems. Elon Musk purchased Twitter, and now that's going to hell in a handbasket. But I'm worried about our youths because they're just learning things. And look, I understand that college isn't the answer for everyone. And I think certainly a lot of people can go to college. Most people these days can go to college and be successful. But I think what Lisa Barlow and the husband are trying to say is that 
you can, you have the resources to go to college. So go and learn just how to be a young adult. Lisa says, learn how to cook, which by the way, Jack is like, I never learned that from you. <laughs> Cause Lisa Barlow's like, I never learned how to cook. And he's like, neither did I mom fudge cooking. Anyway. So she's saying, go to learn how to be a young adult because you've lived this sheltered life. And so Lisa's saying, I'm worried pushing you out into the world I'm worried you're not going to be able to fly. So go to college and have it be a transitional time between young adulthood and adulthood. So she's not saying you need to go to college just for the classes or to get a job after college, because I think that is antiquated now. I don't think you need to go to college, get a good job, of course. But I think she's saying go for the experience. You have the resources. We'll send you there. Do it. Anyway, he's saying fudge college, and I'm worried that kid's not going to go. He's just going to keep saying fudge college. He's not going to go, but I'm I'm worried he's not going to be able to fly. I mean, that wolf shampoo, how long is that going to go on? And God bless, I hope he makes it into a big success. I hope he turns it into Pantene Pro-V or what was that? Herbal Essence, which by the way, <laughs> is Herbal Essence still around? Does anyone remember Herbal Essence, those commercials in the 90s where it was just some Woman having an orgasm on a commercial, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, buy herbal essence. And there'd always be someone like spying on the woman, like, what the fuck was that about? I know we often talk about problematic things in the 90s, but like, what the fuck? Just some woman in an orgasm. And you'd be watching something, you'd be watching Disney's One Saturday Morning or an episode of the Power Rangers, and suddenly you'd see some woman naked in the shower, some man spying on her, and it's like, what's going on? And she's like, ah, 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 and she's doing the orgasm. I'm sorry to do it here on Everything Iconic, but it was like, that's what's happening. You'd see a Yokiera Taco Bell commercial, and suddenly some middle-aged woman was having an orgasm in the shower, and you're just trying to watch an episode of the Power Rangers. You're trying to watch Alf on a Wednesday night, and then you're just seeing an Herbal Essence sex commercial. I mean, what the fuck? Anyway, then we got to, uh, I mean, speaking of sex stuff, Whitney Wild Rose and Justin, he was fired because they did that that thing on camera, which we all were shocked and saddened by last season when they were doing the naked painting. And Whitney says she's proud of that. She's proud of it. She's proud of it. Proud of that, she says. She says she's proud of it. The last, Remember that last season scene where they were naked at painting? She says she's proud of that. Now, here's the thing. You, you don't have to be ashamed of it. But I'm not sure that proud, I, I guess... She says she's fighting the filling of feeling guilty, like with the Mormon church. She says she's fighting that filling. And so I understand that she's fighting that filling and that she wants to be proud and an independent woman. And I understand that and I support that. But that was a tough scene to watch. It was a tough scene to watch. And I'm, it's not because of the sex of it all. I think it was a tough scene to watch because it was the the thirst of it all. Because doing something like that on camera just seems so shocking, in the words of Jen Sha'a. Shocking. Anyway, she's proud of it. She's proud of it. And the husband was fired over it. Now, I also have to say that he should not have been fired over it. He certainly should have had a talking to. If I was the boss, I'd sit him down and say, what the fuck was that? As a friend, though, not I wouldn't say you're going to be fired over this. I'd say, what the fuck was that? Uh, You don't do that on camera. I'm sorry to say it was insane. It was insane. That's what I'd say as the boss. But instead, the boss just fired him. And I feel bad for this man. And Justin, I got to point out his dimples. He's got, he's got the dimples. Have you seen his aggressive dimples? I mean, he's doing a lot of dimple work. I noticed on Justin this week, I was like, look at them dimples. He's got some nice dimples. Good for him. 
Anyway, he was fired, and then he puts out a social media statement, and he's crying about the social media statement, and I'm crying along with him. And he says, that's the first time I've cried since my dad died. And that was tough to hear. I mean, a lot of people don't cry. I cry every every minute of every day. I feel like I'm in tears over something. I mean, the other day, <laughs> the other, I don't know if anyone experiences, but I get seasonal allergies. And the other day, I walked into a grocery store, and I must have been allergic, and only one eye was crying, and I wasn't sure if it was... I didn't know if I was like being emotional or if I was having an allergy. And so I was in this weird state because I, I think I was like tired that day too. And so I turned to my boyfriend and I was like, I, I, I don't know if I'm sad. And then I found out it was from the flowers because then immediately we moved to the other aisle and my eyes stopped crying. <laughs> but, but I cry so often that I'm not sure if I'm actually crying tears or if I'm just having an allergy attack. But people like Justin, they're not crying every time they walk into a grocery store. And so he cried once, and then the last time he cried was when the dad died. And so I just encourage people to get it out because it feels good. And I feel like I'm a more balanced person when I'm crying all the time. I know that sounds like a crazy statement, but it is true. I think that's true. Anyway, I do want to say that I am siding with Whitney and Justin. I do feel bad they should not have been fired about this. And I do want them to do what they want with their bodies. Do what you want. Do what you want with their bodies. In the words of, wasn't that a Lady Gaga song with Christina Aguilera? Yeah. Do what you want with your body. And I want them to do what they want with their body. I just want it to not be in the form of a naked painting on my screen for the Real House Size. Does that make sense? You guys got it. Then we cut to the Beauty Lab and Laser Team meeting. Now, they are opening a second location. They're running behind. They're extending the hours. I would watch this spinoff. I'm really into this spinoff. They all look young, gorgeous. I want to see the employees at the Beauty Lab and Laser. I think there's a lot of action happening at the Beauty Lab and Laser. So I am really into this idea. I know we're doing a Leva spinoff on Southern Charm where she's the Lisa Vanderpump. And we got Vanderpump Rules, is I guess, coming back soon. Which, by the way, the Toms were on Winter House this week. And I was really into it. I Something about was exciting to me to see the Toms in the Winter House. I think I'm just so sick of Austin and Craig that seeing the Toms hop on into the snow, I was into it. Something about it brought me joy. So I really appreciated that. Anyway, I'm into the beauty lab and laser, but Heather Gay sits down with the with her coworker, her her partner, and she's talking about the book. She says she's missed every deadline, and uh, they're having problems with her book, Bad Mormon, which is coming out at the beginning of next year, I believe. And then she says Lisa tweeted her dad's obituary. What the fuck, Lisa? And even Whitney pointed out later in the episode, she's like, what the fuck, Lisa? Why did you tweet her dad's obituary? Like, that's a step too far. And Lisa, well, I didn't do it on purpose. And it just a cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. And Lisa, Lisa Barlow, like, you need to cool it. You need to cool it. Anyway, Heather's more worried about Lisa joining the choir. <laughs> this, show, this show is so stupid. I love it. I love it. So Lisa's going to be auditioning for the choir, but I don't think that's going to go well because now Heather Gay is pissed at Lisa for tweeting the dad's obituary. And all of these sentences that I'm saying on this podcast are insane. I mean, think about that last sentence I just said. I said that Heather's pissed that Lisa tweeted her dad's obituary, and now she's worried about confronting her at her choir auditions. I mean, what the fuck is that sentence? What the fuck? I feel like I'm drunk. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. I feel like Meredith Marks having a Chardonnay. Anyway, which we got to talk about that scene between Angie H. and Meredith Marks. Woo! Loved that scene. I think they had some Chardonnay before they entered that scene. 
I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Uh, let's take our break here. We're going to come back, and we got the rest of the episode to talk. We got to talk about the yoga of it all. We got to talk about that scene, which I love. Meredith Marks and Angie H. Oh, I have so many thoughts on that scene. Let's take a break here. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I want to thank ACAST. You get my book, How Do I Unremember This, wherever books are sold. And we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back, girl. Girl? Okay. Now, Lisa and Whitney, they do yoga because apparently they have a history of doing yoga. They talk about how it's their thing to do yoga now. And I feel like they did it twice on camera. And so this is sort of laziness, I think, on all of their parts, because I think they didn't want to think of a new activity to do. So they're like, well, yoga's our thing. So let's just do yoga. Meanwhile, Lisa didn't want to do yoga. She's like, I'd like to go to Taco Bell. She said, don't want to. She wanted to cure Taco Bell. She wanted to live mass. And instead, she had to live yoga and she had to be yoga instead of living mass at the border because uh, Whitney didn't want to go to Taco Bell. She wants to do yoga all the time. And I'd be pissed too. You, we all have those friends, you know, those friends. And I tend to be one of those friends, to be honest with you. I'm always the person who's like, let's go on a hike or like, let's meet for a walk or something active because then I think in my head I could check off the workout for the day. And so I am one of those annoying people. But when somebody asks me to do it, it always has to be on my terms. Like, that's how I like it, which is, I guess, selfish and something I should talk to my therapist about. But I tend to be one of those people. Like, let's do an active thing. But the minute somebody asks me to do an active thing, I'm like, can't we just have some wine and drink some, or have some wine, have some Chardonnay and watch a movie? I think I'll have a Chardonnay. I think I want to have a Chardonnay. Anyway, Lisa's clearly mad about Angie H., and she says she's using the obituary to defend herself against Heather Gay for inviting Angie H. to the ski event last week. I have every right to defend myself. I let a lot of things go. Did I go about it wrong? 100%. But the intention was to clear my name. I'm going to show up to her choir audition, she says to she says to Whitney Wildrose. <laughs> I just love the idea of like, I'm going to show up to that choir audition. I will not miss that choir audition. And I think this should be the plot of Sister Act 3. To be honest, I think that I hope the writers, Tyler Perry's supposed to be producing the new to Sister Act 3. Whoopi Goldberg's coming back. It's already been announced, but they haven't announced what the plot is going to be yet. However, I think that maybe the writers can regroup and they could watch this episode and try to figure something out where we can incorporate this season's Real House of Salt Lake City storylines into the script for Sister Act 3. If they need some advice, call me. I'm available. I'm around. Anyway, Whitney sticks up for Heather, and I thought that was nice. But now Whitney's in the middle. 
she's in the middle, little girl. And eh, it just takes some time, little girl, she's in the middle. It just takes some time, little girl. <laughs> Did you hear that remix? <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But listen to this. Remember that song, The Middle? Remember, it just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle. I put Mary Cosby in the middle of it. It just takes some time, little girl. I need to be stopped. I need to be stopped. Anyway, uh, we cut to then the scene at Provisions, Provisions with meth, with not meth. Why did I say meth? With Seth and Mare. That's their couple name is meth. <laughs> Their couple name is Meth. Anyway, they sit down with Angie H. and Chris. I'm giggly today. And everyone's slithering around. The Franzia was definitely tapped before they got into the scene. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Because did you notice Angie, Angie H. slithering on the screen? And Meredith, I mean, I loved it so much. I loved it. And immediately Angie H. sits down and she throws the husband under the bus. I mean, Sarah Paulson immediately sits down. And she's like, this is my husband. He's 52 years old. And to say that on camera, I mean, Matt would kill me. You don't say the age. I mean, if there's one thing I learned from Mariah Carey, it's that we don't have ages. We are eternally 12, and we don't have official birthdays. On her Wikipedia page, it says she's maybe 50, she's maybe 52. No one knows, because Mariah Carey doesn't say her age. And I follow that rule. And so Angie H. immediately sitting down and telling us all that her husband's 52. She just said, my husband's 52. <laughs> It was like Sally O'Malley, Molly Shannon's character. I'm 50, 50 years old. Anyway, he's 52 years old. And so he's not doing any kicks and stretches, but he is creating Instagram accounts and going after other cast members. And that's what he is doing. He's not kicking and stretching. And maybe he should hop in that yoga class and kick and stretch instead of starting Instagram accounts. And Meredith, she has to just let this go. But you could tell Meth was sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this Matt? And Chris admits, he's like, well, yeah, it's a very immature thing for a 52-year-old to do, to create a fake account. And I was like, yeah, no shit. No shit. No shit, Chris. Like, what are you doing? What is happening? And this is when I think people go crazy when they're on television, because this is an absurd thing to do. And this is why we all need to get off social media, because it's making us all fucking nuts. The fact that this man, a 52-year-old man, is just deciding to start this thing, this Instagram account. And not only that, but now Angie H. was already accused of spreading this rumor that Lisa's sucking dick for jazz tickets and sucking dicks to get her Vita tequila on the shelves. And she says in this scene with Meredith, with Meth, she says, I have never said she's done sexual favors for jazz tickets. However, she says, Whitney and I in private, there was maybe a convo about that this person invested in Vita and how did that happen? So what Angie H is saying is that, yes, she did say that Lisa sucked dicks to get her Vita tequila on store shelves or on bars. But she's saying, no, I did not spread a rumor that she's sucking dick for jazz tickets. So where did this jazz thing come? And the jazz, they all need to stop going to jazz games because there was also some drama with Chris, the husband, ran into John, Lisa Barlow's husband, at the jazz games. And John told Chris to get the F away from the jazz games. I mean, this is good PR for jazz, the Utah jazz. I mean, if I'm ever in Utah, I'm going to the jazz game and I'm just going there to gossip and watch men fight because apparently that's all that happens at the Utah jazz games. There's just rumors about second dicks for jazz tickets and floor seats and getting bars, uh, Vita tequila on the bar shelves. 
And then these husbands just fighting. And that's what I want to see at a sporting event. I think a lot of us out there would go to more sporting events if this is the kind of thing that happened. If I could go to a basketball game and find out about second dick for jazz tickets, I am in. Cut me in. I don't have to watch what's going on in the game. I could get myself a hot dog and some nachos and see two men fighting over whether or not the wife sucks sticks for the jazz tickets and getting Vita tequila on the store shelves. That's interesting to me. But Angie H. and Meredith are just trauma bonding over Lisa because, remember, Meredith hates Lisa because she called her a garbage whore. She said she fucks half New York behind the door. So Meredith hates her and Angie hates her. And so what's that phrase? The friend of the enemy of my friend is the friend or whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. And so they've uh, trauma bonded over hating Lisa Barlow. So now they're going to spread all the rumors about sucking dick for jazz tickets. And they're starting fake Instagram accounts. But the funny thing about this whole Instagram account is that it's called Shaw Exposed. And Jen Shaw, of course, is mad about that. She's like, why is she invoking my name? Or why is this man invoking my name? When he's really pissed at Lisa Barlow. And there's no answer for it. But Meredith says that Lisa's been doing the same thing. Apparently, Lisa's also starting Instagram accounts and going after people on Instagram. It's like crazy. What is everyone doing? Everyone needs to get offline and touch some grass. And myself included. But when you find yourself, anyone out there, if you're listening, if you find yourself creating a fake social media account to go after people, you need to take a step back and go to a movie, go to a jazz game, go f- do anything else. I think it's better, actually, to be spreading rumors at a jazz game about sucking dick for Vita Tequila on bar shelves than to be starting Instagram accounts and going after people. It's just not acceptable. It's not okay. It's not okay. Go join a choir. Do something else with your time. And Chris, I have to give him credit for owning it. He says, it's embarrassing, but I own it, and I'm living in it. And it's like, it's no excuse. And I don't like when people just excuse kind of crazy behavior and say, well, I'm owning it. And it's like, well, you're owning it, but it's fucking nuts. And it's not a normal thing to do as a 52-year-old human. Man, woman, and as anyone at 52, you shouldn't be doing that. You should go kick and stretch. You should not be starting Instagram accounts called Shaw Exposed. And I feel bad for Jen Shaw. Again, inexplicably, despite the fact that she's been boozled to elderly and admitted to it and is possibly or probably being charged with all these crimes, yet I still feel bad for the woman because uh, people are creating Instagram accounts called Shaw Exposed when she has nothing to do with the whole situation with Lisa Barlow and Angie H., Sarah Paulson. This is an American horror story. This right here, this man, and I'm not sure what Angie H. seemed to be totally okay with her husband doing that. Meanwhile, if my boyfriend or husband did that, I'd say, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Stop creating Instagram accounts. I mean, everyone needs to cool it. Everyone needs to get a grip. Grab their grippers and get a grip. Anyway, then we cut to Jen Shaw. She had this alien party. Heather Gay shows up. It was a party for five-year-olds, which sounds like a nightmare to me. Five-year-olds at a party. After that trick-or-treating incident with that little shit who stole all my candy, I can't imagine having kids and having to host a five-year-old's birthday party. That's hell. That sounds like hell. So any moms, dads out there listening to this podcast, I commend you. Being a parent seems hard. And so treat yourself to some self-care because you've deserved it. You earned it. If you threw a party for a five-year-old, you need to go in the bath, put on some Sade, and just enjoy yourself. Put some cucumbers over the eyes, read a book. Actually, you can't do that. I guess you could do an audio book, but if you put the cucumbers over the eyes, you can't read a book. But do something for self-care. Treat yourself. Grab some Chardonnay. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Anyway, Jen tells Heather about the Shot Exposed account. 
And it's so weird. Jen confronted Angie about it. And Angie said it's not true, but then Chris admitted to it and apologized. It's also weird. And he said he just took the name. <laughs> Chris. Jen, I guess, said to Chris, like, why did you take the name Shaw Exposed? And he said he just took the name because it was available. <laughs> like, you know, when you sign up for an email or something, it's like, that name's not available, but this name is. And I just wondered, did he try to do like Barlow Exposed? And then the the service was just like, Instagram was like, that's not available, but Shaw Exposed is. Like, that. <laughs> the logistics of it are insanity, and I love it. And I love it. Anyway, Heather, she doesn't want to know all this because she doesn't want to be the little girl in the middle. It just takes some time. She don't want to be the little girl in the middle, but it's just going to take some time. Then we cut to the day of the choir auditions. Now, Lisa is practicing her version of Away in a Manger, which is a Christmas carol. Mary, did you know? It's a religious hymnal. And she's singing it with a little spice to it. And I got to say, I was she said, away in a manger, no crib for, I got to do it lower. No crib for his bed. <laughs> she was adding a little spice to away in the manger. And I got to say, I need this to be released on Spotify. This is what Luann should have done instead of doing that, that song. What do I want for Christmas? She's instead of doing that fucking Jingle Bells song that she put out last year or two years ago. She should have put out Away in the Manger in the style of Lisa Barlow because Lisa Barlow was adding a little oomph to it. It was at, it was giving me, like, I could imagine Lisa Barlow's club remix of Away in a Manger playing at the Abbey, the gay bar here in West Hollywood. That's what I could have imagined because she was adding a little, Away in a Manger, no crib for, I gotta do it lower, no crib for his bed, no crib for his bed. So good. So good. She's added a little spice to it. I loved it. I loved it. So record that. Get in the recording studio, Lisa Barlow. Do what you got to do to give us some dance remix of Away in a Manger. It'll be like Lindsay Lohan releasing Confessions, the song that she did daughter to father, the dramatic ballad about her absentee father, and releasing it as a club remix. The gays were dancing to it. The gays were dancing to it. And so I need Lisa Bardo to release Away in a Manger, the Davod remix, so that I could dance to it in a club. Away in a manger, no crib. <laughs> What's she going to release next? We Three Kings and a dance remix? Anyway, then we see Angie and Whitney. They're doing this hop, skip, very Grey Gardens, Judy Garland dance routine that they're going to be auditioning with. It was fucking nuts. They did matching outfits. It was insane. This whole choir thing was totally insane. Insanity. I mean, Angie and Whitney, what were they doing? It was like, I was watching Debbie Reynolds and Judy Garland. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? This was insanity. I loved it. Anyway, they're practicing. There's an American Idol contestant that's going to be a judge for this. Meredith is going to be a judge. And I'm not sure what Meredith knows about judging a talent competition. But she's apparently, Jen Shaw is there with her bullhorn or whatever that loudspeaker thing is called. It ends with Whitney and Angie. Uh, they are, it ends, this is how it ends. So they're outside. There's this whole line that forms for the choir auditions. And we just see Whitney and Angie in those matching outfits like Debbie Reynolds and Judy Garland. And they're just all of them like, five, six, seven, eight. And then it ends. 
this show is insane. I love it. It just ends with them. Five, six, seven, eight. And then it was like cut to black, fade to black. And that's it. And that next week's episode, we see Meredith and Seth in the tub. This is when Meredith puts her foot in Seth's taint. Girl? What are you doing, girl? I don't know if we need that on camera either. I'd rather see Whitney and Justin painting naked than to see Meredith massaging Seth's Tate in the bathtub. This is not family programming. Honestly, maybe we need to go back to the 90s where we just see someone in an Herbal Essence commercial having an orgasm on screen as she lathers up her hair to rinse and repeat because I'm not sure that I need to see meth in the bathtub massaging each other's taints. Not sure that I need to see that, but also next week, Jen says she's innocent again. She yells at Angie. She calls Chris. I didn't like this. She called him an elf on the shelf, and she was kind of fat shaming him, and I didn't like that. I didn't like. We'll see how it plays out next week. It's on the show. There's just so much to insult a man who starts an Instagram account to go after another person on the show. A 52-year-old man who starts an Instagram account called Shaw Exposed. Like, there's plenty of other things that you could talk about with him instead of going after his weight. So I just want to encourage that. Anyway, that's the end of the episode, you guys. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. What else do I got to tell you? Go listen to my interview with Crystal Minkoff from The Real Houses Beverly Hills. I hate to toot my own horn, but I think it's a fantastic interview. I will try to put it up on the YouTube channel as soon as I can, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Crystal was great. and We broke down the reunion, what was edited from the reunion, all sorts of stuff. So I think it was great. And I think she implies that she's coming back for sure next season. Although she also says that they're not filming right away. They're going to wait a little bit. But go listen. There's all sorts of good stuff in that interview. I have some other housewives coming on very soon. Teresa from The Real House in New Jersey is coming on the podcast. So wherever you listen to Everything Iconic, be sure to hit subscribe or follow so you get updates with all the new episodes. So I've been doing two a week. Some weeks I do three episodes a week. So you got to be sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to make sure you get all the new episodes. Not only that, but that really helps out me and the show. So just hit that subscribe or follow button if you can. And on YouTube, if you want to watch them, just hit the subscribe button. So with all of that said, should we do our cheese little cool down? I think we need it. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Ah, breathe out. Breathe out. You know, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately, and there is one thing that I do have to say. 
something that I got to get off my chest. And that is, I often ask my guests, who would they choose for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive? I say, who would you choose? And routinely, the people who are not single, the people who are in relationships, they say their significant other. Now, I am very happy with all of those out there who find their significant other sexy. I think that's a very important thing in a relationship. But when it comes to sexiest man alive, that's supposed to be a fantasy. So if you're out there and if I ever interview you for some podcasting, I just want you to have that answer at the ready. And you cannot say your significant other. I don't want you to say your boyfriend, your husband, your significant other, your partner. Because this is fantasy land. So unless your significant other is George Clooney, I don't want to hear it. Unless you're married to Tom Hardy, then you got to pick somebody new. Do you get me? Ladies, am I right? Anyways, that's just a PSA for anyone out there who might be coming on Everything Iconic. And I'm so grateful to everyone who comes on. And I respect all the answers to that question. But I find myself, I'm like yelling at people now. (laughs) I feel like every guest that comes on, I'm like, you need to give me someone new. Because they say they're significant other. And I love Matt. I've been, Matt and I are going on 13 years together. I love him. I love him. Love him. But if I'm choosing Sexiest Man Alive, guess what? I'm picking Chris Hemsworth over <laughs> over Matt. Sorry about it. Love him. But in the fantasy land, I already get to sleep next to Matt every night of the week. I sit next to his farts all day, every day. And so in my fantasy land, for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, I ain't choosing him. I'm choosing uh, you know, somebody else, Michael B. Jordan. right? I'm choosing Creed. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will talk soon. Enjoy the interview with Crystal, and the interview's coming up this week. Can't wait for you to hear him. Love you all. Bye-bye.